With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Did you know Black and White Sports is the number one conservative sports entity on YouTube with over 35 million views? Make sure you subscribe here to the podcast available anywhere quality podcasts are available apple itunes google Podcasts, Castbox, anchor and spotify and many others hit subscribe now friends let's face it the future of america is looking worse each day those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon if it does are you prepared Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, mop fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Mark Jones from ESPN because he continues to be a complete and utter lunatic. I'm not sure there's anybody out there at ESPN currently that is more of a blatant racist than this asshole. Well, he's now gone after Kobe Covington. That's right. 
the uh, UFC fighter that, of course, is always after LeBron James, trying to hold LeBron James accountable for insert 9,000 different things that LeBron James does that's irresponsible. But what ESPN is proving right now is they refuse to get rid of Mark Jones, and as long as you're racist towards white men, well, you're good to go. So let's get to this story. It is from our guys at OutKick, Bobby Burrack. Mark Jones, one of the most promoted play-by-play commentators on ESPN, is again mocking people's injuries because of, you guessed it, guys, their political beliefs. Last night, Jones began liking random tweets from accounts with under 200 followers because they made fun of UFC fighter Kobe Covington for suffering a broken jaw in a fight over a year old. Jones is not some USC fan who has gotten wrapped up in brutality and art of sports. Jones is cheering Covington's facial damage because, of course, Kobe has previously expressed support from, you guessed it, Donald Trump. This is not the first time Jones has cheered when people have gotten injured. Less than a year ago, Mark Jones liked several tweets praising the NFL player who ended MAGA's Nick Bolsa's season. Because, you know, Nick Bosa supports Trump, so let's cheer the fact that his season ended. Think about how miserable Jones has to be to enjoy Bosa and Covington's injuries. That's not passion, that's hate. That's pure hate. Yet his bosses at ESPN still refuse to discipline him. Apparently, ESPN thinks an athlete suffering an injury is rather amusing as long as he or she is conservative. This is what really boiled my water on this issue. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I didn't know about this. This is repugnant. Mark Jones should have been fired on the spot for the following. But, of course, Jones does not limit his hatred to athletes alone. Earlier this year, Jones celebrated Rush Limbaugh's death moments after Limbaugh's wife, in tears, announced he had died of lung cancer. Limbaugh may have been a controversial figure, but he was also a human being with a life and a family. Agree with his opinions or not, his family and friends and supporters were grieving at that moment, just like so many families do when they've lost a loved one. Fact is, half of America loved Rush Limbaugh. Mark Jones. Anyone who celebrated his death is enjoying the pain of a family. Unsurprisingly, ESPN refused to comment on Jones's tweets about Limbaugh. Jones got away with that one, too. As sick of a man as Jones is, the responsibility falls on ESPN executives. Absolutely, this is exactly why ESPN's ratings have plummeted. They have made it clear that if you hate white people, it's okay. They have made that blatantly clear. Because Mark Jones is a black man who likes tweets attacking conservative white men, ESPN is afraid to acknowledge Jones's behavior. Instead, ESPN, mostly with white executives, feel obligated to prove that they are not racist, which includes making exceptions to corporate policies for black employees in hopes of avoiding to even the appearance of racism, which is pathetic. If a white male ESPN broadcaster had sent or liked any tweets 
that celebrated an injury to a liberal black athlete, ESPN would have fired him before Jamel Hill could even got a chance to weigh in. ESPN has different rules for white men, white women, black women, black men, liberals, and conservatives. At ESPN, the pyramid of victimization decides which rules and exceptions to enforce. Because of Mark Jones' skin color, politics, and supposed enemies, he has the green light to say and do whatever he wants. ESPN even allowed Jones to denounce police officers as racist murderers. And that's the tweets he sent where he said he did not. Last year he came out and said, I do not need black officers watching my back at games because I'm not signing my own death certificate. Do you know how big of a moron you've got to be? Honestly, a racist. This guy hates white people. It's pretty obvious. He went on to say, police never saved me. They never helped me. Never protected me. Never taken a bullet from me. They do it every day. You're just not around, dude. The criminals never make it to you because of the police. But you're too stupid to realize that. Jones is also allowed to call the sitting president a terrorist. Don't worry. He did so while Donald Trump was in office. So, at Mark Jones is calling the Army game this weekend. Earlier this week, he retweeted that at real Donald Trump was a white supremacist terrorist. Good move, ESPN. That was from Clay. Unfortunately, Jones doesn't limit his hateful annex to his Twitter feed. In April, Jones went on national TV during an NBA game and announced to millions of viewers that the police shot Jacob Blake while he was unarmed. We all know that was BS. That was a blatant lie. Jacob Blake admitted he had, guess what, a knife in his possession. And video footage showed Blake carrying a knife. Investigators found a knife. Mark Jones is a creep, a liar, and ESPN chairman Jimmy Patero doesn't feel he has job security enough to do anything. He certainly won't say anything to Jones about his latest attack on Kobe Covington. By doing nothing, Patero sends a clear message. Broadcasters at ESPN are allowed to mock UFC athletes with impunity. By the way, and there he's about to bring it up, ESPN and UFC are currently partners. They sh- they, they're the funnel for their, their pay-per-view uh, broadcast through ESPN+. Plus. E- UFC must be furious that their executive pr- partner, exclusive partner, would condone this type of behavior and make no mistake by remaining silent, ESPN is condoning it. Absolutely, because ESPN has no balls. I don't call for networks to fire anyone because of their beliefs, and I won't do so now. What is a problem that Mark Jones is disturbing, hateful, and racist? The bigger issue is he's also replaceable. His downside has long outweighed whatever upside ESPN saw when it elevated him last year. That just goes to show you, though, the privilege. Mark Jones, you are privileged. You, you're getting black privilege right now. You've got an open check to say whatever you want to without impunity, no repercussions. You could literally say anything you want to any white person out there, and ESPN's going to give you a pass. And this is the exact reason why ESPN ratings have been plummeting and why so many of you have quit watching ESPN. 
man, there's a lot of corporate entities out there that have made it blatantly okay to hate on white people. And you know what? You know what doesn't cure racism? More racism. That actually doesn't work. And anybody would be out of their mind if they believe that at this point we are in a racially better place than we were, say, 18 months ago. You would be out of your mind. Without a doubt, there is more segregation in this country than there has probably been since the 60s. And that's sad. People like Mark Jones has taken us back 50 years. It's ridiculous. It's sad. I don't know. This is this is the uh, this is the repercussions of liberals and what's going on. Not to get too political, but they have increased racism in this country by I can't even imagine how much now. They are blatantly, blatantly judging people on their skin color. And it's sad. People can just get away with whatever they want to get away with because racism towards white people is not considered real. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, look, I've said this before. I'll say it again. They call John Matrix a white supremacist, and he's a black man. You're not supposed to be conservative either. So that's a thing. It's ridiculous. It's like that crap that trended on Twitter about Trump today over a card. And I'm not getting into that. I'm not going to talk about that here. But I'm sure some of you saw it. And the comparison was absolutely crazy. You would have to be crazy to make the comparison that those people made about a card and Trump. Mark Jones getting to say whatever he wants to say without repercussion. He's good to go. I have no idea why they haven't hired Jamel Hill back. I really don't. She fits right in. She's perfect. Bring her back. Hell, nobody's watching. Nobody's watching now. Bring her back. Put her on NBA broadcasting. Whatever job Rachel Nichols has got, kick her out now. Bring Jamel Hill back. Put her back in. Pair her up. With Mark Jones, put him on SportsCenter. Watch those ratings go even further down. God. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Look, part of this is just me venting. But this is pathetic. It's sad. This is, what's, this is what sports has become. And for full clarification, I used to be a big Mark Jones fan. When I watched the NBA, I liked Mark Jones a lot. Now he's just a prick and a racist. Mark Jones, guess what? You're disappointing as a human being and despicable. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Oh, and unlike unlike OutKick, ESPN should absolutely fire this tool. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White Sports fans, we're going to continue to talk about these Tokyo Olympics, man. And when you think of the Olympics overall, and one of the names that actually comes to mind is the great 
Carl Lewis, eight-time gold medalist at the Olympics. He is one of the greatest Olympians of all time, one of the greatest track and field athletes of all time. Now, guys, the 4 by 100 relay happened today, and folks, it was an absolute disaster for Team USA at the 4 by 100 I mean, utter embarrassment, folks. The U.S. men's relay team finished sixth. Yes, the number six. It was completely a debacle, a complete embarrassment. And Carl Lewis knew it and he absolutely destroyed the men's relay team, guys. Let's get into this. Olympic legend Carl Lewis slams Team USA relay team. After messy handoff, sixth place finish. Carl Lewis won eight gold medals during his time at the Olympics. And what he's talking about, because I can't play the clip, but I did freeze a frame here for you guys so you guys can actually see the disaster. Look at this. Guy right here has the baton right here. The other guy here is trying to reach back and get the baton. And he grabs the guy's chest. Completely Misses the baton. This is unacceptable, guys. This is insane right here. But check this out. It says here, American Olympic legend Carl Lewis blasted Team USA men's relay team on Thursday after a messy 4 by 100 meter baton exchange during the Tokyo Olympics. U.S. sprinter Ronnie Baker tried to grab the baton on the first exchange, but got a handful of Fred uh, Curly's uniform instead. Baker whiffed on the second time and on the third time, Baker used both hands to shove the item in between Curly's hands. Lewis, an eight-time Olympic gold medalist himself, did not mince words expressing, expressing his frustrations on Twitter. And you can see right here, the great Carl Lewis says this, the U.S., the USA team did everything wrong in the men's relay. The passing system is wrong. Athletes running the wrong leads. And it was clear that there was no leadership. It was a total embarrassment and completely unacceptable for a USA team to look worse than the AAU kids I saw. Wow. That is some brutal words there from eight time Gold medalist Carl Lewis. He didn't hold back. I mean, I watched the uh, the clip here, the complete uh, clip here. It, it it was a disaster. I highly recommend that you guys actually go and watch the full clip. This is on uh, NBC Sports uh, YouTube channel. Man, I wish I can actually play this clip here, but I can't. I mean, my goodness, it was brutal to watch. The poor exchange was partly why the U.S. finished in sixth place, not even close to a medal in a qualifying round and failed at a chance to medal. Quote, we didn't get the job done today. That's all Curly said after the race. Trayvon Bromo said he was upset as well. Quote, I'm honestly kind of mad. Not at these guys. They did what they could do. Did they? Did you see that? Bromo said. I did what I can do. I can really just speak for myself in a sense. Like I said, these guys did their job. 
I did what I could do on the first leg. It just is really some BS for real, to be honest with you. The U.S. hasn't won a gold medal in the 4 by 100 since the uh, Olympics in 2000. Unreal, guys. Completely unreal. This is completely unacceptable. And Carl Lewis had to call them out. And this, this Olympics, man, there's a lot of bad stories out there. You know, from the wokeness to all the protesting. And then when you get some athletes on the field actually doing their competition, they fall apart like this. This is embarrassing for the USA. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that China uh, ended up coming in first place on this. And all those bumbled handoffs that happened, that caused the U.S. to fall to sits at the end. I mean, this is this is embarrassing, guys. Completely embarrassing. Uh, did you guys actually see the relay yourself? If you did, were you embarrassed by seeing it in real time? Let us know that in the comments below. But reading this, man, this is just completely, just completely unacceptable, guys. Completely unacceptable. If you actually watch and see when they actually cross the finish line, you'll see that they knew it was over. They knew that this was a complete, complete embarrassment. And this is completely unacceptable, guys, completely. And Carl Lewis, I'm glad that he actually called them out on this. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Road Trans for Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about... Russian state television broadcasters, the Olympics, and transgender and gay Olympic athletes because the IOC is having to investigate for some uh, disparaging comments made during broadcasting during these, let's keep it real, woke Olympics. All right, it is what it is. There's been a couple of nice stories coming out lately from the Olympics, but it doesn't matter. It's still a dumpster fire. And overall, it's been something that the ratings have just reflected that people are not tuning into. And, and look, a lot of it's got to do with virtue signaling and things like that. Let's get to this. This is from Fox news. IOC looking into Russian state TV broadcasters, disparaging comments about transgender and gay Olympic athletes. Laura Hubbard failed to medal after she didn't record a clean lift. Him. The IOC launched an investigation into Russian state television over disparaging remarks host and guest made towards transgender and gay athletes. Alexei something, Zurovlov, a Russian politician, aimed his ire at New Zealand transgender weightlifter Laurel Hubbard saying he was disgusted by gay and transgender people, according to the BBC. TV host Anatoly Khrushchev 
called transgender people psychopaths as well. The rhetoric prompted a statement from the IOC. We have been in contact with our contractual broadcasting partner in Russia in order to get clarity on the situation and to underline the fundamental principles of the Olympic Charter, and we are following up accordingly, an IOC spokesperson told the BBC. The IOC is covering its ASS right now. Hubbard's participation in the Olympics raised questions about fairness, but the IOC expressed support for his... Uh, for his or for her for him good god ahead of and during the olympics dr richard budget low budget the ioc's medical and science director backed hubbard's right to compete in the games while acknowledging the issue over hubbard competing was large difficult and complex to put it in a nutshell, the IOC had a scientific consensus back in 2015, Budget said, via The Guardian, quote, there are no IOC rules or regulations about transgender participation. That depends on each international federation. So Laura Hubbard is a woman. They are saying this. I am not. So Laura Hubbard is a woman and is competing under the rules of her federation and we have to pay tribute to her courage and tenacity in actually competing and qualifying for the games. Why is that? It's a biological male that's going out and competing against biological females. Why exactly is that being celebrated? What makes that heroic exactly? Can you tell me? Why is that more important than the biological women that are competing in the in the sport? You know, it's one thing it's bad enough to let a biological male compete against biological women, but it's another thing to make them act act like they're more important than the biological women that work to begin that get there to begin with. Good God. Budget said it was tough to flat out say that Hubbard had an advantage by going through male puberty. Well, of course he did. When there's many factors that go into account. He said it wasn't as simple as it sounded and said each sport should make its own assessment on transgender athletic participation. Why not? It seems to me like the IOC should come up with a steadfast rule that covers all sports. It's ridiculous. There is a lot of disagreement across the whole world of sports and beyond on this issue of eligibility. Everyone agrees transgender women are women. No, everybody doesn't agree with that. We do not agree with that. But it's a matter of eligibility for the sport and particular events, and it really really has to be very sport-specific. Okay. One of the reasons there is no framework published yet is not just because of the difficulty in coming to any consensus. It's because it would have to have been inappropriate to come out with new guidelines just before the Olympics. Okay. There will be new framework to help individual sports, and we're working very closely with them, but it's not published yet. Hubbard transitioned eight years ago at 35. This guy was a grown-ass man. Middle-aged man at 35 years old. Hubbard was 43 entering Olympic competition. The IOC previously said Hubbard met all the requirements for trans athletes in fair competition. 
Among those, the athletes must demonstrate that their testosterone level is below a specific measurement for at least 12 months prior to their first competition. It's only 12 months? Okay. Hubbard didn't medal at the Olympics after failing to register a clean lift. That is what you call karma, in my opinion. Uh, Look, the IOC is doing its part to CYA so the mainstream media doesn't get a hold of the IOC and seek and destroy because CNN, MSDNC, all these media outlets will get a hold of this if they don't come down on these Russian broadcasters because they said some things that one could construe as being rude, maybe. Okay, flat rude. Uh, but look, I mean, even this, even this article, we had to listen to the IOC make statements about Hubbard, and they're, they're making these blanket statements. Everybody agrees that these are women. No, everybody doesn't agree with that at all. I'd say there's a lot of people that don't agree with that. Lowell Hubbard, in my opinion, is a male. Okay, he can call himself a transgender whatever he wants to, all he wants to. He was born a biological man, and he's, he's competing against biological women. Okay, it seems to me like fate stepped in, and he couldn't register a clean lift, so he was out. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why people believe that truly, really and truly this is so accepted and so normal. I, I You know, um, I don't know. I don't like the blanket statements of everybody agrees that these are women. No, everybody doesn't agree with that. In fact, i got to be honest with you. Most people I know, maybe all the people I know, would say, no, that's, that's a male. That's a male competing against females. Uh, I mean, there's no other way that I can look at it. And uh, let's go back to these statements real fast. I want to just, once again, this guy says he was disgusted. Yeah, that's probably inappropriate for TV. And calling uh, transgender people psychopaths. You know, that's probably inappropriate for TV. Okay, I can, I can maybe get, hey, if you don't agree with their lifestyle, just don't address the lifestyle or the choices. The problem is the choices and the lifestyles are now bleeding over into actual sports competition. That's where things become cloudy. Then you also, you also have the, 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 uh, the barrier between being from another country with another culture, and you're trying to force that other culture and other country to comply with however the mainstream media is looking at these situations, let's say, in the U.S. alone. I mean, that's sort of a hard thing to try to police and try to regulate and and try to expect from these broadcasters because, yeah, their culture is a hell of a lot different than where our culture is going right now. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not. Um, wow. This is, this is crazy. Uh, look, probably not appropriate for TV. All right, I get that. Uh, but I think, in my opinion, this is more of a virtue signal from the IOC before the media smells blood in the water and decides to go after these Russian broadcasters and then bring all this extra attention to the Olympics. 
come on. Um, anyway, tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. It's I don't I I I cannot just come out and say, oh yeah, this has to be accepted. No, a lot of people don't agree with with these people being able to enter competition. And by these people, I'm talking about biological men pretending to be women. Sorry. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. We're going to keep it real. Peace. I'm out. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Jobby Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream sugar, mop fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, black and white sports fans, let's talk about our old friend LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers. You may also know him as one LaChana James, as we call him on this channel. Because, guys, you may not know this. The Lakers actually made some moves in this offseason. And there has been some criticism about these moves. They got Russell Westbrook. They got um, Carmelo Anthony. I don't believe this is a good mitts. They also brought back Dwight Howard as well. And guys, this team is super duper old. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that the Lakers now are the oldest team in the NBA, averaging close to 32 years of age. LeBron is going to be 37 in December. Carmelo is already uh, 37. Uh, Anthony Davis can never stay healthy. LeBron James has dealt with his Fair share of injuries two out of past three years. He's not indestructible like he once was. And guys, LeBron James listens to the critics. I truly believe that he's actually watched our videos before. I'm pretty sure that he has. And LeBron James cannot take the criticism because, guys, he clapped back at the critics of this team talking about it won't mesh and that they're super duper old. He paid attention to all of this. And guys, I truly believe that LeBron James can never be the GOAT if he can't take criticism. Okay? He's not the GOAT anyway. He'll never be the GOAT. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. So we're going to be diving into all of that, folks. 
in this video, guys. But first, make sure you head over to the Black and White Network store and pick you up. You are no king shirt. And we're going to give you 25% off if you use the discount code USA first because LeBron James wants USA to be last. He wants China to be first. And I'm rocking the shirt right now. And this is a very, very nice fitting shirt. Looks great. I absolutely love this shirt because LeBron James, you are no king. So let's dive into this. Okay. LeBron James put out the tweet and even his boy, Stephen A. Smith, even had to question LeBron James on a tweet. Not necessarily because of what LeBron said, but like a coward, LeBron James deleted the tweet. Now, the tweet in question is addressing all the critics of of the Lakers. Now, LeBron tweeted this out. He said, keep talking about my squad. Our personnel ages, the way he plays, he stays injured. We're past our, our time in this league, etc., etc., etc. Do me one favor, please. And I mean, please keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag thank you. So one LaChina James put that out. And guys, with a tweet like this, he better win the NBA title next season. He better be able to carry two guys that I would not trust to go to an NBA finals at all and win a title. Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Those are the two guys he's going to have to implement into their the Lakers system and try to get them to actually win a title. I do not believe this is a uh, title team. I believe by the time the playoffs actually come around that the Lakers will probably end up being injured because Anthony Davis is the youngest star on his team. I believe he's what uh 28 if I'm not mistaken, probably a little bit younger. And what happened last year? He was injured in the playoffs. LeBron James, playoff time comes around. He still wasn't 100 uh, percent coming off of that high ankles, high ankle sprain. And we're supposed to believe that this old ancient team is going to actually get to the NBA finals. Now, we've seen things like this before. 2004 Lakers, they were old, but uh, not all their stars are old. Shaq and um, Kobe were actually still relatively young. But Gary Payton and Carl uh, Malone, they were ancient. But the two play- two best players on those teams were still relatively young. The best player on the Lakers team, LeBron James, he's old right now. He's old. So I believe that the critics out there questioning the age of this team, I think that's fair game. That's fair game right there. I mean, old teams like this usually do not win the title. 1970s, I believe the Lakers had uh, older players, too, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't win. Uh, Rockets late uh, 1990s, Akeem, Clyde Dretzler, Charles Barkley never got to the NBA Finals. Then they brought in Pippen to replace Dretzler, didn't go to the NBA Finals. Old teams don't win titles. This is a young man's uh, game. Now, LeBron James, like the coward that he is, deleted the tweet. He deleted the tweet and even Stephen A. Smith had the question why LeBron James deleted this tweet. Because right here, you can see the LeBron James tweet right here. Stephen A. Smith 
actually kind of compliments LeBron James on the tweet. He says, personally, I love at King James's tweet. I'm still trying to figure out why he deleted it. He deleted it because he is a coward. And he is very much unlikable. I'm pretty sure that the uh, the comments on his tweet probably were not going very well for one LaChina James. He probably saw uh, the criticism that people are actually giving towards the Lakers and he turned it off. Turn it off because he can't handle pressure. I mean, he's a liar. He's destroyed the NBA. He's very, very, very unlikable. Guys, I can't remember the NBA being in such bad of a bad of shape. When you have an all time great talent like LeBron James, who has been allowed to destroy the NBA and he can't take the credits saying that this team is old, injury prone. I mean, let's just face it. It's fact. They're old and they are injury prone. I mean, that's just the way it is, LeBron James. Why couldn't you you actually let your play, you know, just speak all the words? But of course, you know, I guess you were watching this channel right here when uh, or Black and White Live because we actually did a video on Black and White Live where we were actually talking about the Carmelo Anthony signing. And we we're saying, man, this is bad right here. I don't like the chemistry of this of this Lakers team. I really don't. But, you know, LeBron James trying to get a, gather around all the talent he can, trying to get the names, trying to stack the get stack the deck. Maybe he feels like the window is closing and it probably is. I mean, if he doesn't win a title this season, I don't see him winning a title uh, next season or the season after that, because he's going to be going into age 38 and 39. You just don't see superstar athletes winning titles at that age in the NBA or in sports in general. I mean, the only exception really is really Tom Brady, but he's in a different, completely total total category from LeBron James. He's the GOAT of the NFL, just like Michael Jordan is the GOAT of the NBA. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, LaChina James being a coward and deleting a tweet, calling out his critics. Why did he do it? I have no idea. Stephen A. Smith is even questioning why he did, why he actually deleted the tweet. And Stephen A. Smith actually did like what LeBron James had to say. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Live. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Because a story came out, it's still trending on Twitter. The Eagles are trending on Twitter right now, have been trending all day because of a story that came out involving the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, and the Eagles. Supposedly, the Eagles and the Texans were in deep negotiations and were close to an agreement for Deshaun Watson. 
okay. It seemed out of control. It seemed absolutely ludicrous. And I was like, this makes no sense whatsoever because, look, there is a true possibility that Deshaun Watson may not see the field until 2023. There's a true chance of that happening. And if you're an Eagles fan, do you want to wait two years for this guy? And understand something. If he's gone that long, things got pretty sinister. Okay? Uh, I hope, as Eagle fans, you're not that desperate to win. Uh, I wouldn't be as a 49ers fan. And I'm going to tell you, the Niners were heavy on Deshaun. Now, I'll pass on that guy. I'll keep Jimmy G every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Trey Lance, bring him on down. Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard aren't on the team anymore, but I'd rather have them, from a personal standpoint, playing quarterback than this guy, Deshaun Watson, because, look, I think the guy's creep, uh, personally speaking, because something happened. Deshaun Watson, and I'm so glad, you know, I don't ever, ever actually give Florio credit, because when Florio talks his woke nonsense, he drives me crazy. And when he goes on these tangents about the coronavirus, he drives me crazy. But Mike Florio is very good at at breaking actual NFL news. And Mike Florio has shot this crap down. He has shot it down. Deshaun Watson talks between the Eagles and the Texans are not, quote, heating up. Deshaun Watson continues to be a member of the Houston Texans, and there's a good chance that's going to be the case for a while. Contrary to a report that trade talks between the Eagles and the Texans regarding a potential Watson deal are, quote, heating up, a source with knowledge of the situation tells PFT they are not. I repeat, the the, the rumor that the talks are heating up between the Eagles and the Texans. A source with knowledge of the situation tells PFT they are not. The problem at this point is a looming possibility of prosecution. As previously mentioned, Watson's camp believes that the evidence against him inevitably will be presented to a grand jury. If he's indicted on felony charges, the NFL will undoubtedly will place him on paid leave until the case is resolved. Until then, it's, a, it's possible he'll be convicted and then incarcerated. Quote, teams have to wait to make sure jail isn't po- a possibility, one source explained. All right. Uh, and it says, although only a few women have accused Watson of wrongdoing, have alleged misconduct, I'm cleaning it up, it only takes one allegation to become an indictment, and in turn, a conviction. Okay, so it doesn't matter. There is a possibility that even though you got all these women, they could all slip through, except for one catches the attention of the prosecutor, and he believes there's enough, and he goes junkyard dog on Deshaun Watson. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Is this the behavior? 24 women, there's two that aren't even involved in the lawsuit, that went to the cops. So that's 24 women. Is this the guy, if you're an Eagles fan, you want as your franchise quarterback? I'm just wondering. Because as a Niners fan, I wouldn't want him. 
personally speaking, I wouldn't. Um, I want my franchise quarterback to exhibit better decision-making skills away from the football field than what's going on. There's Look, there's no planet in which you need over 40 different women masseuses. There's no planet where that is a thing. Okay, so no matter what, there was at least extremely serial bad judgment. If the Eagles were to go through with this right now, I mean, their fan base should blow the phones off the hooks and Philadelphia Sports Radio and obliterate the Eagles for doing this because there is a true chance Watson will not see the field until 2023. Okay? Supposedly, depositions on these women won't even be completed until the end of the year. And there is a chance through all of this, right now, Roger Goodell could step in and put him on a paid leave list right now. He has the ability to do that. There's people, including me on this channel, that have wondered, why hasn't Roger Goodell done this? He has created a list like this specifically for a situation like Deshaun Watson's. It's, a, it's like a personal conduct list. And people don't know what Roger Goodell is waiting on. Um, so, look, it would be incredibly irresponsible when you consider the king's ransom that the Texans are asking for for the Eagles to do that. Now, is it possible they could do some kind of conditional trade where you're getting three number ones, but if Watson ends up being out for two years or a year, it drops down to a five. Three years, it drops down to a sixth. There's been rumors of that where it's a conditional draft pick situation, whereas if he can't play... Those ones drop down to something much less. That's fine, but then you still have the optics of the situation and what Deshaun Watson has done here. So, look, there was a Fox Sports radio host that laid it all out a couple of weeks ago on his radio show. All the specific timelines, you can go look at it, look it up on Google, and listen to it. But he laid out, look... The deposition for Deshaun Watson is not even supposed to be until after the Super Bowl. And there's people that believe in the league right now you cannot have Deshaun Watson take the field this year. You cannot because of the optics of this situation. You might have people picketing in front of the stadium over this guy. I'm just saying. That's a true possibility. But... I will say this, I think if any team is going to do something like this, it would be the Eagles. Jeffrey Lurie already took a chance on Michael Vick at one point, and we know the optics of that situation. So I say if any team does end up with Watson, it will be the Eagles eventually. I just don't think it's going to be now or anytime soon. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. Peace. I'm out.
until next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Well, I'm back. Road rant for Black and White Live. We've got a situation where yet another NFL player is making comments about the vaccine, and this time he is none too happy, not only with the NFL, but his own NFLPA. And he is saying that he felt like he was basically forced into getting this vaccine. Uh, One of the things I've noticed is, as the regulations have come out from the NFL, it seems that they want to make life harder and harder on unvaccinated players. And let's be honest, if you go get the vaccine, here's a carrot. We'll give you a carrot. Well, it seems Jimmy Graham might have taken the vaccine for one of these said carrots, and now they're taking said carrot away. Now, there's a saying out there talking about this entire thing going on with the pandemic. And again, we've said before, we'll say it again. If you decide to get the vaccine or if you decide not to get the vaccine, that's fine. Okay, that's your business. It should be your business. Uh, But we don't necessarily agree with the idea that employment organizations, et cetera, et cetera, should be trying to force their employees to go get it. It should be a personal choice okay uh well jimmy graham's not happy because he feels like one of the carrots that was put in front of him has now basically been ripped away the nfl players association this is from pro football talk they're full of corona bros by the way the nfl players association has made it clear that it will fight any attempt by the nfl to force players to get vaccinated but The NFLPA is advocating forcing vaccinated players to get tested more for COVID-19. So, in other words, more frequently. And Bears tight end Jimmy Graham appears to be upset with his union over the latest development. Graham posted the NFLPA's memo advocating for more frequent mandatory testing of vaccinated players on Twitter. And Graham indicated he is not on board. Quote, I was basically forced into getting the vaccine. Now I'm just confused at NFLPA. And of course, Pro Football Talk's got to throw in their pro-vaccine stance. Uh, He did the right thing, whether he basically felt forced into it or not. So you think it's okay over at PFT to be feel forced into getting this thing? Really? Wow. Wow, guys. Uh, Okay. Well, I don't agree with you, okay? I don't think anybody in the United States of America should be forced to have to do something like this by the government, by any one employment organization, by a sports organization or league. And we're finding out more and more players have not been happy about the situation involving the vaccine. Ryan Tannehill came out the other day and said he felt like he was basically forced. And make no mistake... Jimmy Graham is sort of in a position where he's trying to probably make the team. Okay, Jimmy Graham is not the Jimmy Graham from three years ago. So he most likely felt like, oh, crap. 
If I don't get vaccinated, I'm probably going to get cut. Because for all intents and purposes, the NFL come out and said, well, we're not going to make anybody feel like they have to go get it. But the wording is out there where essentially you probably can be cut if you don't get it. Okay? Because it's a competitive imbalance issue. All right? Roger Goodell came out and threatened players' salaries, threatened to cancel games in which both teams would lose a salary. Now, the NFLPA called them on that BS and said, no, you owners are not going to cancel games. Roger Goodell, you're not going to cancel games. That's a, that's a false threat, a hollow threat, because they'll lose way too much money if they do it. Okay, and the NFL is going to make their money. That's all there is to it. Uh, I don't love this. I don't love the fact that any one player would feel like they got forced into taking this thing. Now, Jimmy Graham, the caveat to that is, if you truly was strong about not taking it, you could have left football. I mean, you could have. Uh, the problem you're going to run into is, unfortunately, you if you tried to go into broadcasting or anything like that, they're probably going to force you to take it there, too. Okay? This thing has gotten so out of hand. The comments, one of the reasons I like to go to PFT is I get to scroll the comments, okay? And it's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire that is truly split down the middle. It's unbelievable. Um, pro, uh, pro jab, anti-jab. And uh, again, we don't give a damn what you choose. We believe in your freedom of choice. Pro-choice is what black and white sports or black and white live or and or both is always going to back, Okay. Uh, so, and we're also not trying to give you medical advice. You do what you feel like you need to do, but I don't think anybody should feel forced into it. I don't. Uh, I think you're, again, you're invading people's bubble. Man, it is so scary, some of the comments. The government should force people to get it. God, really? In America? Okay. Wow, that's scary. Tell me what you think, Black and White Live fans. Jimmy Graham, look, they they offered him a carrot, less testing. Then they took the carrot away after he went and got the jab. Yikes. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.